0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. I've lost the hearing temporarily in my left ear, so I'm uh, getting through the podcast today. Tomorrow is my wife's 21st birthday, so I'm trying to rush through it. But uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about the Dime Day lineup. Uh, we're going to have our Band of the Week, we're going to have our interview with Sugression's own Chris Brand. That's right. We have uh lead singer Aggression, also the bass player, if you know the band. Uh we talk about a few other things, including the similarities between mine and another very large podcast that I heard last week. Had almost the exact same topics as mine, strangely enough, and it was released a couple of days later. Uh but yeah, all that and more. What do you say we uh, kick off the show?
1: This is Chris from Segregation. You're listening to The Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. Presented by Tom Roberts. All metal and mostly
0: Aussie. As I said in the entrance of the show, this is the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. I can't remember whether or not I said I'm Tom Roberts, but I'm Tom Roberts as always. Uh, I want to kick off today's show, this week's show, by saying happy birthday, Taya. Uh Taya Lee Roberts, as she is now affectionately called by me. Uh, it's her 21st birthday tomorrow, uh, or today, as comes out. I got her many presents for her birthday, including an iPad, a message chair, and uh we use a bit of our savings here a new bed. But uh yeah, happy birthday Taya. Uh I hope we uh spend many more together, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, on that note, on keeping it on the good news, uh the the Dime Day lineup was announced a few, was it weeks ago? I don't know. But I didn't actually realise this. Uh, so it looks like it's uh, being headlined by the Cowboys from here. Uh, then it's got Red Bee, who are, like, are regulars there, pretty much. In Malice's Rake, Carbon Black, Chug Wagon, and uh, Detractor. Uh yeah. It's uh not the biggest lineup they've ever had, but it looks like a decent lineup. Um the Cowboys from here have been on pretty much every single one. It's good to see them as the headliner. Uh I believe this is the tenth anniversary of Dime Bag of the of Dime Day. But uh yeah, it's on the sixth of November at the home tavern in Wagga Wagga. It's ten dollars entry, it starts at 3 p.m., so I'm guessing that those six bands aren't the only bands on the lineup. They're waiting on more. Uh, that's just me, anyway, guessing that. But it's on the 6th of December, so unfortunately I won't be there because the 7th of December is my little girl's birthday, which means that around that time I can't attend any shows. i i I'd taken myself out. Uh, that being said... um. Any other shows you want to invite me to? I'll turn up to. I'll even do a live podcast from your show. I uh, kind of, <laughs> if you want me to, I'll walk around. I'll interview your bands. I'll advertise your uh, show. Uh, if you want me to, um, yeah. So right now on the uh the Aussie metal trend that this show should keep on. Uh, I want to talk about a uh, magazine publication right now that uh, has supported, uh, supported the Formula lockdown podcast since the very start. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about Tranquil Magazine. I, uh, like I've said, they've uh supported the full metal lockdown podcast since the start. Uh they they've been running advertisements in the pog in the uh online magazine. Uh since I gave it to them, and they haven't asked for a dime for me. And to me like they're supporting the metal scene and they're supporting Aussie metal uh, in general. But like they they have spotlights on Australian artists, but the uh, magazine on the cover is, like, uh, this month on the cover. I believe it's... um, Who's on the cover this month? I actually think it might be Dream Theater. I'll just have a look. I'll, I've got my laptop open, and I'm just uh downloading the website now. Uh, yeah, it's Dream Theater on the cover of this month's. On um, the last month, they had Ale Storm, Overkill, so um, kill, be killed, Matt Skavallira, uh, Zach Wild and Creator, one year, uh, one month I mean, A Vanishing Point, and I, I see Chris Podchanka on the cover. Uh, how you going, Chris? Uh, I said how you going to a picture. It's weird, isn't it? Uh, anyway, uh, they've had Soundwave, and Dreadnought. I've actually been uh had a interview in one of the uh, issues with in this publication. But uh, if you want to check it out, go to trainkillmagazine.com. dot com. Like I said, it's a free online zine. It's got a lot of uh, a lot of really cool stuff in there uh, competitions, it's got reviews, it's got, uh, demos that they're reviewed, uh, if you're an Aussie metal band, and you're looking to get out there a little bit, check it out, because, uh, you send in your demo, and they'll review it, and, like, yeah, they're pretty good, uh, one band that, uh, I, I'm not sure if they've been in the publication, but, uh, I hope they, if they haven't, I hope they will check it out is uh this week's band of the week uh this week's band of the week and subsequently going in the running for the band of the year is a band from brisbane they're an independent metal band from brisbane and they go by the name of evil eye the post rash melodic metal uh evil eye formed in 2013 or late 2012 in brisbane when members of d9 uh began writing mid-tempo post-thrush groove tunes and melodic metal with uh yeah them all the members together um yeah so check them out i'll post the link on the facebook page as always every single week uh, letting everybody know who they are and what they are and uh, yeah, our band of the week, Evil Eye from Brisbane. Their Facebook page is Facebook.com forward slash evil eye dot Brisbane dot metal. And our Facebook page is Facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown. No gaps. And uh my Twitter is at Tom underscore Roberts nineteen eighty nine and my uh, email is Fullmetallockdown at com. My very public email address. But yeah, um... Hit us up if you want to be considered for the band of the week. Hit us up if you want to be considered for anything. If you want to be having an interview on the show, even. Hit me up and I'll uh, try and organise it. Even if you're just a fan. And, uh... One thing I've noticed, I haven't gotten any emails or things about this, but uh, I want a a few females on the show, not because I want to talk to women or anything like that, but because I want a uh, a woman's perspective on metal. Uh, I I was supposed to have one a few months ago, but my my uh, SD card corrupted and I lost the file. But
1: yeah.
0: If you're an Aussie metal band, an Aussie metal gig, an Aussie metal tour, an Aussie metal magazine, doesn't matter what you are. If you're Aussie metal at all, and by Aussie, I mean Australian metal at all, you can advertise for free on this podcast. You just have to SM, shoot me an email to fullmetallockdown at com, and, uh... I'll give you a list of what I need in writing. And from there, I'll make you an ad that you can keep forever for free. Yeah. Uh, but the it's not free advertising forever. It's only free advertising for a short period. Um. Yeah. And you have to have the rights to everything that goes into it. So if you want a song in there, you have to own that song or have permission to use that song. I'm not going to get it for you. Uh, pretty much. But uh yeah, hit me up, Fullmetallockdown lockdown at gmail dot com or go to our Facebook page, Facebook dot com forward slash four lockdown or hit me up on Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts nineteen eighty nine and yeah you can advertise on my podcast for free for a certain period of time and keep the ad for free. Once again, keep the ad for free. But uh yeah, as I said in the intro before that uh, I was listening to a podcast that I'm going to keep nameless uh, because it's much bigger than mine, but I, I have a feeling that he listens to it, and that's the one I'm going to say it's a he. Uh, but if you listen to my first segment last week and uh, listen to the podcast that I'm talking about, and like I said, you probably won't because I'm not telling you what podcast it is. But uh, yeah, uh, talk blah blah. Yeah, we'll just quote talk blah blah. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, my opening segment almost uh topic for topic was exactly the fucking same. And then my, uh, yeah, the interviews were different because obviously mine was Dan McDougall and his was someone else. <laughs> I almost got me there. I almost said who the guest was. But, uh, it was slightly different, but it was still eerily similar and set up the same way. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you're going to still my podcast, at least acknowledge the fact that you're going to do it. If you know what I mean. I he like, might not have. It might have just been me overthinking shit. And it probably was me overthinking shit. Because I've just been doing that of recent. Just like stewing on stuff and overthinking everything. But at the same time there were a lot of similarities. And I was not the only person that noticed. Uh, it was actually brought to my attention by someone else. Uh, and then after that it made me go. Oh okay that's weird. But anyway, uh yeah, so that's neither here nor there. I'm not actually annoyed at it. If it is true, I'm a little bit flattered that someone that big listens to my show. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh yeah. Uh on uh better news other than that, I'm finally getting my new T V. Uh I've never met you on the show, but uh for Christmas last year, my wife uh, bought me a 42-inch flat-screen 3D smart TV, and the fucker blew up. Yep. Uh, we had a appliance that short-circuited, and it caused the, uh, the circuit breaker to trip, and it, uh, bypassed the surge protector and somehow melted the motherboard on my smart TV. Uh, but that being said, I sent it back to the manufacturer and they're replacing it free of charge and it should be here soon. Hopefully, a 42-inch smart 3D TV. I cannot fucking wait to get it back because I only had it for like a month before it was taken away. But anyway, uh... The other part of that is uh the downside of it. My fucking lounges are falling apart. They're barely even a year old and my recliner has their frame has twisted. Uh, so if anybody out there knows consumer law, uh can you hit me up on the email Full Metal Lockdown Podcast? Uh sorry, Full Metal Lockdown at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, just tell me that you know a bit about consumer law, and I'll tell you everything that's going on. Tell me if I have a leg to stand on to get them replaced. But, uh, yeah, two frames are bent, and the, uh, big seat's going rickety. But they were, like, brand new recliners that I bought last year. Fucking, no, oh, piece of shit. But anyway, um... Yeah, I said in the intro, and I've said it on the Facebook, and it's getting a little bit of a uh, hype going about it. But this week on the show, the interview I have is Chris Rand of Segression. Uh If you don't know who Segregation are, go check them out. They got a new album coming out. Uh, actually, went this Friday, I do believe the tenth. Uh, is it "Painted in Blood." think his name, uh, I'll just quickly look it up, I've got it in my notes here, but my notes are put away, oh, I dropped it, (laughs) uh, but yeah, uh, you'll hear it during the interview, Chris Rand, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to, um, and this guy has done pretty much everything in the Australian metal industry, uh, but like I said, he is one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to on this show. Yeah, Painted of Blood is the name of the new album. Uh, it comes out this Friday, but right now, uh, here's part one of the interview with Chris Rand from Segregation. Right now on the line, we have uh, Chris Rand from the very... Uh in my books, very big suggestion, uh very famous suggestion. Uh How are you going, Chris?
1: Great. Uh, we're just getting ready now for the um, the latest edition of uh, Segression to release a new album this Friday called Painted in Blood. So we're all uh, we're all pretty pumped up for that one.
0: Oh, is that coming? Is that coming out this Friday?
1: It's coming out this Friday. Oh,
0: excellent! excellent. The tenth of October. Oh, very cool. Yeah, my uh, wife's birthday is the 8th of October, so this week has just been all about her, and I've kind of had my head all over the place. <laughs> I've been dealing with in-laws. And, and, so, with it, and so it should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been dealing with in-laws for the last few days, and yeah.
1: <laughs> and is it, is it a major milestone birthday, uh, the big a,
0: one? heard 21st.
1: Wow. Yeah. So, Yes. <laughs> and how how long have you been married?
0: Ah, uh, about since June this year. So not long. Well. Wow,
1: congratulations, newlyweds.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We've had a daughter for two years, but we've been married for about six months. Well, if that... Excellent,
1: excellent. So you just have the one?
0: Yeah, just the one
1: daughter at the moment. Okay, I I have two daughters. Um, so any, any advice that, uh, I can give you in, um, prospective boyfriend dealings with, um, feel free to shoot away during the interview as well. Cause, uh, whilst you've, whilst, whilst you're newly, newly wed, I've managed to, uh, tattoo and travel the world and play metal to the masses and still maintain a 20 year marriage.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's
1: impressive. So, uh, my wife, my wife's been with me from the very beginning of segregation. Well, segregation started, uh. In 2016, Segregation will be 20 years old. So our uh, our marriage is a little bit longer than the the band.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. That I applaud you for that.
1: Uh, I have two daughters. Actually, um, my eldest daughter is turning 17, and the youngest one will be 13 next birthday.
0: Oh wow! That, yeah. I... The next year is a,
1: next year is a big one for me. I have um I have the eldest daughter who's actually going to complete her high school, and the uh, the youngest one starts high school, so they got one year together, and then uh, yeah, then the little one just stays at high school, and the other one will uh, go off to work.
0: Oh, yeah, and she'll be eighteen as well, so that's a milestone as well in that.
1: Yeah, I'm taking one day as it comes in terms of her evolution into womanhood because I don't deal very well with uh, <laughs> with young boys. I don't, yeah. I don't play nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to either. My, my little girl is my uh, pride and joy, and no one's allowed to go near her.
1: Yeah, well, you just got to tell them anything that they would like to do to her. Make them picture you doing it to them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, my first question is to ask you about a bit about your history with music. Uh, especially in regards to metal, like, uh, pre segression. like, how did you get
1: into music? Well, I started playing when I was about nine or ten, um, started just picking up, like, guitars and stringed instruments and sort of battling around trying to work out what it did and, and all the fun stuff and how to make noises with it, and, um, I started getting a bit more serious, as then I got into like my like 12 or 13 years old, and I, I started then having a leaning more towards the bass. Um, started playing in different uh, like high school type of bands, I guess you call it, and stumbled across um, a young blonde headed guitarist named Sven Sellen, or well, his name back then was actually Christopher Sellen, but I was Chris, he was Chris, so it quickly became Sven because of his um, heritage. His family comes from Sweden and Norway. And we started playing together, and um, I was in various little bands, and um, a band came along that was uh, in our hometown, and they were kind of a popular sort of, I guess you would call like a sleazy type of, um, like an early metal band, but one maybe with leanings towards like Kiss and Motley Crue and that sort of style of music. And their bass player left, and um, they actually made an approach to me if I would play with them, and then when their guitarist, one of the guitarists left, they approached Sven to join as well. And that was the band easy. And, um, gradually from there, we, me and Sven influenced the band by, um, lead as we leaned more towards Slayer and Megadeth and, and the thrashy sort of stuff. And, uh, we sort of gradually turned that, uh, that little band into something that was a bit more sinister until, um, in 1996, we, with a couple of different lineup changes, we decided, um, a name change would be more prevalent and, or relevant rather. And, um, that's when Segregation was born. So kind of, there was little scattered uh, inklings in between there where I'd gone off uh, when I was 17 over to England and I stayed with my family. And I I played bass consistently like every day I was there for like four months, like 10 hours straight and got to um, play in music stores and, and run into quite um, good players in there, one of whom was um, Nathan East, who's a very famous uh, bass player now. He would probably never, ever remember seeing a young kid in a music store in the UK and uh, giving me the time of day But I, I remember it quite fondly, actually. So yeah, apart from that, it's just, I did have a couple of formal lessons here and there. I had more training later after I sort of worked out that I needed to improve as I, as my band got a little bit more popular. I, I then took like more formal sort of lessons in bass and vocals then as I sort of, got
0: forced into the singer role. So how did you realise that you could be a vocalist? What like you said, were you forced into mm-hmm. it or did you uh, try it? Nobody else nobody interested. else
1: would do it. <laughs> <laughs> no one else oh, okay. would do it. No one else would sing the songs that I wanted to, that I wanted to play with my band because um we would slide in a cover here and there and um nobody really wanted to sing like Megadeth songs back then and and uh, some of the songs that I, that I wanted to do as covers, my suggestions for covers, no one else would do, so it's, well, look, I'll have a go. And, yeah, I didn't seek out necessarily to become like a metal vocalist, uh, and my style more developed, I guess, as a result of just having to sing louder and louder over more annoyingly crashing drums and screaming guitars. And to be heard, I kind of developed that sort of throaty sort of sound. Um, it was more a case of that was what my voice was doing as I struggled to get over the volume of everything else.
0: Uh, Okay. Well, like when I listen to suggestion, I hear you sing or do your vocals. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of, uh, uh, in some tracks I hear, I hear different stuff all around the spectrum. I hear like, uh, in lamest terms, I hear, uh, Rob Flint. I hear Spider. Uh, what's his name? Power Man Five Thousand. I hear Rob Zombie. Then I also hear a lot of like, uh, just you, straight you. There's nothing like your voice in some of the parts, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, it's a very broad voice and a broad spectrum you have.
1: Yeah, um, I kind of, I kind of like a lot of the singers that you've mentioned. Um, more so, the Rob Flynn. Um, references as being a, a really really good voice that I always looked up to um Rob Zombie yeah another another great vocalist but in saying that then neither of the ones or, or any of the singers you mentioned are ones that necessarily formed like I it's not something that I I listened to and and sang any of those songs like I, I, we did Davidian, I guess years later once we come to appreciate Machine Head through Burn My Eyes but there, yeah I I don't distinctively have like a major vocal influence other than to say that the bands that I do listen to, I enjoy a vocalist who shows a, a like a, a degree of um, versatility and variety because I think that um, when you're singing or when, you, when you're making vocals, you're telling a little bit of a story and um, that story to have emotion. If, if I was to talk to you in a gentle voice, you'd feel at ease. If I was to yell at you, you would feel on edge. And they're the sort of things that I put into my vocals. I, I'm more conscious of taking that influence of not a sound of a vocalist like Rob Flynn. I, like I don't try and make myself sound like them, but I lean more towards where where they change their intonation. Like when they've got a softer, a softer part and when they've got a more aggressive part, I will take them sort of as influences. I think the biggest exponent of that is someone like Mike Patton, who's just an amazing talent in terms of, well, being able to sing just about anything
0: yeah yeah i i agree with you on that like i he he goes from like uh, a song like evidence for example where he's got a very like deeper melodic voice to a song like epic where he's almost rapping it's like uh yep it's an amazing spectrum of the voice and like that some people might not agree with me, but uh, I'm not a big fan of Mike Patton. I don't like him. I think he's a douche, but I respect him in the fact that he's one of the best musicians on earth. If you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. That's that. That's where I when you when you're asking about influences, that's what I'm talking about. Where I get influences from. I don't kind of think oh, it would be really cool if I could develop my voice to sound like this singer or that singer. Yeah. I um I take more of influence of I really like the you know the guys that can delve into the emotion of the song and not just go oh a really clean vocal would sound great here yeah. or a uh, heavy vocal needs to be here uh, I don't do that at all I, I I like I said in the beginning I never really set out to be a metal vocalist full stop but despite the fact that I love that genre of music and listen to it you know um I sort of didn't start in the band to sing that that style just as i started writing songs and i realized the songs that meant the most to me were the ones where i could get more and more inner emotion out and connect with the guys that listen to what i do that's when i sort of realized that um yeah we are an aggressive band
0: yeah uh what i wanted to ask you right now was about metal for the brain it's a For those kids out there who listen to it, Metal for the Brain was a huge metal festival that influenced Australian heavy metal. Like to this day, it's still influencing Australian heavy metal. But it hadn't been around for like what seven years, but uh, seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. You guys actually headlined it in in nineteen ninety eight, I think it was, and uh, in you played it in ninety seven. What happened in between that yep. year, from you to go in the middle of the order to the headliner? What happened in that one year gap? What changed?
1: I have a, I I have absolutely no idea. And we've we felt blessed just to be a part of the lineup. We uh, I'll give you I'll give you a little insight into the way Segression thinks because um there's a there's a persona that's public and then there's the real the real deal of the band, um. We're not a band that really has ever cared where we've played on a bill. Um, whether we go on last, first, doesn't matter. Six months ago, we played a small club in the middle of Wollongong, which happens to be Segression's hometown. And there was an opening band, then Segression, then um, Matreya, and then Lord. So we, we played second on that bill, and that was only six months ago and that's despite the fact that we, we've we been blessed to play not only headlining things like Metal for the Brain, but we've, we've been blessed to play with a lot of different metal bands. So um, going back to your original question now is I don't know um, how we went from playing on the bill to headlining such a such an event other than to say that when we were asked, we were extremely humble and grateful and jumped at it with um, open arms to do it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So uh, uh,
1: we would have we would have played that festival in '98 if they asked us to go on first. Um, I don't know exactly where where our profile lifted. I still don't have much of an idea in terms of what our profile is now and what it ever was. I, I really have never it, it never really occurs to me. I I just yeah it's just something beyond my um, comprehension. It's yeah I I don't know yeah. <laughs> the the short answer to that I don't know.
0: <laughs> so uh why did you why did Sigrashen end up pulling out of the uh because you were asked to come back for a third time. why did Sigrashen end up pulling out of the pestle or saying no um,
1: um I'm not sure about the timing of it if it timed when we were going to be doing something else I remember a conversation being had where we'd played it two years previously we um we were a band that Sort of always believes in sharing things around. Like the, the we did a ton of um, supports with. Um, it's a long answer to a, uh, to this, by the way. We've we done a ton of supports with lots of bands from overseas, but believe it or not, we knocked back as many as what we we're offered. We wow. didn't. We we don't just say yes to things just for the sake of whether it benefits us. Sometimes it's about. Wouldn't it be fairer if somebody else had a go at that? and we've always been that sort of band. Now, I remember when we were asked back for a third medal for The Brain, we did initially say yes, but then we also said, well, one, wouldn't it be better to let another band have a go? We've already played it twice, and we're grateful for playing it twice, and we'd love to play it a third time. And then, well if we are going to play it, would it be okay if we played it and did like a set of either Slayer or of Pantera and do something really out there different instead of just giving people suggestion year after year, after year, after year. Um, So it was, it was something along the lines of that, those two suggestions that we put back to, to the Alchemist guys. Um, And then I'm not sure if, if, that went sideways, or then we got booked to do something else or an album. Like you got to remember, it's going back such a long, long time, and and I'm yeah. getting older now. I can't <laughs> remember everything as accurately as I want to, but it was certainly no slight in the slightest aimed at anyone in the extreme metal scene, or a snub, or that we thought we were bigger than the event in any way, shape, or form. Because um, just the fact that we got asked to play it the first time blew us away, and then to, to headline it the following year, you know, was one of the highlights of anything I've ever done, regardless if who I've played with internationally. But um, yeah, it was something along those lines. It was either a little misunderstanding of what we were trying to come across as doing, and um, partly that, and partly wanting to give a young band our slot, so to speak, like let somebody else have a bit of a crack at it, um, and timing as well. There was a lot that went that went into it. It wasn't you know it wasn't just a straight no from us by yeah. any way, shape or form. There was a lot of different things that went into that. But um, I've seen um, – I haven't talked to Adam. I am friends with him on Facebook and liked and commented on things. I haven't spoken to him um, personally for a little while, but I did run into um, Rod up in um, Brisbane when we went up and played Dead um, a Winter Festival a couple of years ago and had a great uh, catch-up with him. So there was – in no way was anything personal or oh. um, meant to offend anybody in any way, shape, or form. We're just not that sort of – the guys in the band aren't them sort of people.
0: Yeah. So, there's no malice between you and the guards of the former band, Arkhamith?
1: Oh, absolutely not. I mean, how could you? They're they're such an influential band and we hold them in very high esteem as people and musicians for everything they've done for the Australian metal scene. So, um, obviously, I would like to think that they still hold us in some sort of regard, you know, but I don't know what, like I said to you earlier in the interview, I don't know what anybody thinks of us. It's we're just not concerned with that but um, in terms of how we feel about them we you know, we love everything they've done and all the work that they put into Metal for the Brain it's a, an amazing festival and I think that Australia could probably do something like that again
0: yeah, yeah. and uh, the fact that they didn't take anything from it either, it was all for charity and they just gave and, gave and gave and gave and gave and gave and they never asked for anything back really it was amazing to me yeah
1: I know, that's amazing, yeah it is it is really amazing there's a lot of good people out there, and there's still a lot of good people in the Australian metal scene. Yeah, I,
0: I for one, I love the Australian metal scene. The brotherhood behind it and the, the camaraderie behind it is just amazing to me. I've never seen anything like it. but, uh, Yeah, that, and
1: that's a, that's the a thing. When I did the, I did an interview with um, Nick when he did the uh, metal down under. That's the thing I was trying to get across. Was it? It was more than just a gig. It was um, people were like would they'd go for the trip away as well like they'd just they'd go and hire a bus they'd drink all day on the bus and they'd you know they'd hire a hotel room and there'd be parties everywhere it wasn't just the concert i mean the concert was amazing but it was the whole thing of the planning of it you know when you get a group of like 10 15 people and they're from like northern sydney and they're hiring buses and tipping in for that and you know buying t-shirts and all getting together that's what I was trying to get in in that DVD if you saw it or not but I was trying to say it was there were some people who actually enjoyed the trip away as much as they enjoyed the gig but they, they just it, it was it was more than just a gig way more than just a gig
0: yeah actually my next lot of questions are about metal down under because uh did you know or expect to be so heavily featured in the interview because you're on the cover doing the tattoo and you're in every single segment, multiple times in every single segment, did you know that you were going to be featured that heavily on the DVD?
1: Absolutely no idea. No. Um, Nick, Nick and myself had conversed via emails, and I offered, um, like, when when he was looking for people to support the, the project, I, I said, is there anything that I can support you with? Like, is there is there a way to pledge to it like is there a way that I can give you photos or anything you need to do with suggestion I mean if, there's, if we can be a part of it in any small way you know we, we'd love to if not then great if you, if you even just need old photos of flyers and stuff let, let me know and um, then he just said um, can I come and do an interview with you and I said yeah of course um, what, would you, what would you have in mind he said um, will you tattoo and I said yeah and he said can I talk to you while you tattoo of course you can and and, um, yeah, he came to the tattoo shop. We spent a day together. Um, I found him, and um, I can't actually remember the, the guy that was filming, but I found both of them to be awesome people. And, uh, yeah, we just, we just had a bit of a chat. I I never, after that then, we kept in touch about a few different things um, away from Metal Down Under, like the possibility of him editing um, a suggestion history type of DVD of what what happened? How we came to do whatever we did, and um, we talked about that. But you know, I had, I had no idea when it came out, other than um, every time I when, when I put it on, every time I saw myself, I found myself cringing and looking for the fast forward button.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would have been exactly the same. Like, uh,
1: just the caliber of people that I that it, when I watched it, it was it was nice for me to just see a lot of people that I haven't caught up with that I remember having really nice chats with when I was younger. And um, just seeing how many great influential bands, particularly from the Melbourne scene, that um, you know that I remember seeing at gigs, and uh, I remember um, doing a show in Sydney with um, Morbid Angel and Damaged, and just sitting there watching Skitch set his kit up, and and soundcheck was just you know incredible you know and then you you watch it back on the metal down under dvd and it's just awesome you know you you see all them familiar faces and you and it's nice to see what they're doing now you know so um, yeah. sort of like um if you had a heap of friends from school and and you haven't seen them for a while and you all catch up but rather than with schools you're usually stuck there with people you don't like this is people with a common interest so you know I, I enjoyed it for that you know I, I really did watch it and um enjoy seeing what everyone's up to and seeing their view of you know what it was like back then, and stuff
0: so did it turn out the uh did it turn out the way you thought it would turn out
1: um I didn't really have any pre- preconceived ideas to be honest with you um i'm the sort of person where when you see somebody passionate and get off their ass and and put effort in um I'm sort of really appreciative of it and not not critical um so I didn't look at the the d v d and go oh Nick did this, and he should have done that. I I just looked and went, you know, he's worked really hard on this, and he's done a great job, and and it's nice to um to see some of the old faces again. Like yeah, know, I didn't had no preconceived idea at all, and, and I enjoyed watching it.
0: Well, it was a very good, uh, actually more than very good. It's an extremely good documentary. It's one of the first of its kind. If uh, anybody out there is listening, it's called Metal Down Under. You can go to their website and pick it up. I suggest doing it. I picked it up on the day it was released. I pre-ordered it. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't wait for it. Uh, it was uh, excellent. After he finished filming, uh, Nick and I started talking, and I, yeah, he just pretty much roped me up for it to come out, and I couldn't wait for it. But uh, if it's financially viable, do you think Nick should try and do a sequel or a uh, again another version of it, and talk about uh, talk about other stuff, or do you think he covered everything?
1: Oh, uh, look, I, I think it's impossible to kind of cover everything. I mean, you're you're talking about a time frame back then and and to current where things are going to fall through the net. You're not going to it's not possible for one human and even a team of people that are doing a lot of research to cover everything. Um, you could do it from a million different angles. Um, I mean, if he did another one, I guess I'd watch it again. I'd watch the other one too. So um, do I think he should? Um, if he, if, if it's something that he would enjoy doing and, and he could do it financially, yeah, I'd, I'd watch probably anything he'd make. Cause I, you know, I like, I like him as a person. I like, the way he approached it, and um, yeah, if you come out with something else, I'd, I'd watch it irrespective of who was in it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the documentary, there was a little segment called, uh, not called anything, but uh, it was brought up about the Aussie sound, like the Aussie sound in Australian metal. Uh, in your best words possible, can you describe what that sound is?
1: You know what? I can't. And the thing—the thing that I probably am seeing different. There is a definite. There is a definite sound. But I, I talked to Nick about this at length. The the quintessential Australian sound is more considered rock now than metal. The sound that is the most Aussie recognisable from music is that ACDC Cold Chisel. Rose Tattoo, the the era of pub rock, where that was considered back when you back then those bands were considered heavy, and now not so much. It's almost like as as time goes by. um, Even now, you look at Metallica was like brutal when it when it first came out. It was it was the the extreme of music, and now it's not. Um, So that the, the back to your question, the quintessential Australian sound is now considered rock rather than metal. But in saying that if you look at the, the bands in the documentary, your Frankenbox, your King Parrot, your Dreadnought I I can't actually listen to like all of the bands and see them sounding like each other. I'm enjoying the fact that they all sound different to each other. Yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: I know exactly. Like um Alchem- alchemists have their own sound and they sound Australian but they don't sound like blood duster. Yeah. But blood dust to have their own sound and they sound Australian. Am I am I sort of a bit vague or I don't mean to sit on the fence with it at all. It's just I I hear damaged I hear damaged as Australian. Don't get me wrong, damaged do not sound like any overseas band at all. But I can't I c I for the life of me for my own you know limited intellect, I can't throw Damaged Alchemist, Bloodbuster, Frankenbach into a bowl and say so they all sound like each other and have an Australian sound. They don't. Yeah. Where you could throw Cold Chisel, ACDC, Rose Tattoo into a bag and there is that similar sound.
0: Yeah. They
1: don't all sound like each other exactly, but there, you can hear that more so than if you got, like even you put alarm in with those boys as well and and uh, misery from brisbane and they they all have that element of sounding australian but they don't actually sound as close to each other as those rock bands that i mentioned
0: yeah yeah i get exactly what you mean like they're all completely different but they've got that sound to them that you just know they're australian when you hear them but if you hear them play together they're yeah, and completely that... different
1: yeah and and that is in itself that is why metal for the brain worked because yeah. you didn't have 15 grindcore bands going on one after another you yeah. had bands that had that that beautiful atmospheric sound that alchemist could throw and and then you would have the brutality of um you know damage or someone you know yeah. you, you had that variety
0: yeah yeah and uh the uh keyboards mixed in with the alchemist's music, then someone like uh like you said Demi or like uh Duster coming on stage, and it was just completely different, yeah, I get exactly yeah, and it was know. fresh and it was
1: fresh it was it it was almost like going to the pictures and watching a horror movie and then watching you know an action flick rather than going there for a movie marathon of the same thing yeah. over and over. there there are moments when you do enjoy that you know like people go and see a Star Wars marathon you know I'm not saying that that's wrong either but I think in the case of Metal for the Brain it was the variety of bands and personalities you had an energetic band going on after a a really atmospheric band and then you'd have a brutal band coming on after and and it all worked because um, the crowd would you know the guys that were into the atmospheric stuff could have a bit of a breather while the guys that were into the more moshy stuff would kill each other and then after they finished killing each other then you'd get the you know the guys that were into more groovy stuff getting into it, you know. So that's that's what I saw back in the day anyway. Yeah. So um we continue we continue to do shows like that. I mean, like I said, even a couple of months ago we did that show with Matreya Carbon Black and Lord and um none of those bands sound like each other and there was a decent turnout and yeah, it was it was a good night. Yeah. Uh,
0: did you do the uh full tour with Lord?
1: No, no, we um, we've we've only ever done like a handful of shows with Lord, um, and they tend to be focused around like our local area, mainly because the shows that we did do, we were still working on the album, so we um, we just sort of have a little break and and go and do those rather than break down everything and put ourselves into tour mode.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I'm actually uh, based in Batemans Bay, which is about three hours south of Wollongong. Oh, cool.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, I love very... it down How I
1: actually go
0: you go on it's been a very busy weekend because it was a long weekend so everybody from Canberra just came here and it went from 10,000 people to 50,000 in three days it's crazy
1: well I'm quite fam- I'm quite familiar with where you're from because every year I take my girls down to Kiola and around all that area and have a have a little little break where I just turn my head off a little bit and yeah, I I enjoy it down the coast. I, I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm uh in Bait Haven, where the traveling so uh, carnival goes every year. Okay. If you've ever seen that,
1: I I don't think I have seen that one, but I do know that down there is absolutely stunning. I mean, anywhere from like I guess almost like Sussex Inlet onwards is is beautiful. I was only down there actually a couple of weeks ago. I went. I didn't go quite as far as where you are. Um, I went about halfway. I was at um, Huskisson, and um, yeah, I, I, even Huskisson's beautiful. Yeah,
0: yeah. we'd just be uh, about fifty k south of sausage thing, like. Oh yeah, cool. So, uh, speaking of Lord, did you know about the uh, uh few years ago back when you played uh, Metal uh, not Metal? Oh, uh, sorry, back when you played Dime Day together. Uh, did you know about the fan yep. argument that was going on? About uh The what, sorry? The fan argument. There were heaps of fans. I don't know if they were actually metal fans, they were just people that knew your name saying that uh Lord weren't big enough to headline over Segregation, which I thought was bullshit. Like not that don't get me wrong, I thought it was bullshit that they were saying that without being fans and without knowing the situation. And like no one would have done anything without permission. But uh did you know about it? What was going on on Facebook? Um,
1: no I, no, I had no, no idea at all. And we can rewind the podcast to where I first started talking to you, and we don't care. We'll playing on a bill. Um, and I don't know, you know, like in terms of people going like oh, this band's too big to do this or do that, like. Makes no difference, I don't think, to us or Lord who plays where.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, how do you how do you actually gauge who's bigger in a band? Like, I mean,
0: yeah,
1: Mark is like probably about eighty kilos heavier than me. (laughs) 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 But you know, it's different crowds. It's different everything. Like, it's it's such an irrelevant argument that um yeah, yeah. I'd be just happy to see a couple of decent bands playing and Wagga together, you know. Yeah. Wouldn't care if I sit through one or the other. If I didn't particularly like a band, um, I don't even think that I'd say anything negative like negative about them anyway. Like I, uh, I'm just grateful to see live music, and um, I don't even think I've watched a band who's played with us, and I don't think I've ever said anything bad about anybody. I'm just not in my nature. Uh, and uh, if like, if a band is um, a bit loud for me, I, I put earplugs in. And if if like, it's not my style, then it's not my style. I, you know, can't sort of please everybody. But yeah, in terms of that, that's that's the first one. The first I've heard of it, and two, something that you yeah, know, like I said, we we played lot lots of shows. Well, recently we played before Lord. It, it's not like uh, oh, well, how dare they headline over doctors. That's That's ludicrous. Good bands, good bands shouldn't matter where they play on the bill.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I never got involved in the argument. I saw it, and a friend pointed it out to me, and I thought it was stupid. So I just didn't go there because I just thought, yeah, it was a (laughs) childish argument that shouldn't have been started in the first place.
1: Yeah. Well, look. I'm great. I'm grateful. Like if, if we turn, it, turn back to like suggestion or, or anything that I'm involved with musically, I'm grateful if a person takes three minutes out of their time just to listen to anything that I've done. If they then take even more time out of their life to mention it, talk about it, or enjoy it, then I'm even more grateful because you know like the fact that I've kept them entertained for a time period is um, is flattering to me to be honest.
0: Yeah, Right, like, uh... I today uh when i was writing the last few questions for the interview i i put on uh scummy now and like 10 seconds into it i had like three more questions it just got me thinking and yeah i love listening to (laughs) you but uh now what i want to ask you right now was uh who are your favourite Aussie metal bands? Like you've mentioned, uh, Segression and ah, Dem- oh, not sorry, you mentioned uh, Alchemist and Damage <laughs> and Bloodduster and a few others during the course of the interview. But who are your favourite Aussie metal bands from either the past or present?
1: Okay, well, back in the day, um, when one of my favourite bands back in the day had to have been Truth Corroded. Um, I remember they had a song on one of their early EPs um, called Pig, and I, I remember getting up and even singing with them. So, and um, I had loads of fun doing that. And I know that they've obviously evolved and they've become tons heavier than than back then. But I, I still enjoyed watching them back then. And I really enjoyed um, back in if we're going to go back in the day of um, watching Bean Flipper. And I know I talked about that in the um, the uh, Metal Down Under DVD. But they were such an entertaining band and so underrated. Like you could watch them play in front of like 20 or 30 people and, and I'd be scratching my head wondering why is this band just not the biggest thing since life spread And I, I didn't, I'd never, to this day, I still don't understand it. And um, yeah, at the moment, Australian bands, I mean, it, it would be tough because um, I have so much respect for the guys that are still around doing it. Um dreadnought, you know they've been around forever, and we had them come out with us and contrive when we did um some shows off the never dead um c d um there's so many young bands now, but the younger bands now, without being critical of all of them um i don't I'm not hearing as much of a of a unique sound um I'm seeing more people that are in it for different reasons to the older bands they, they seem to be more into a clique and a scene now where it's about what they're dressing like and, and this band can't have they can't play with this other band because they've got a different word in front of the word core and, and I, I just don't understand the whole scene in that respect um, but in saying that um, I've heard um, is it, what's it I've, I've gone blank now um north lane oh, yeah. I've heard um some of their stuff and i've and some of the North Lane stuff I heard because um my friends um worked on their early on their um earlier record um Dave Petrovich, who I've been recording with for years he recorded um the early North Lane stuff and he played me it, and I thought that it was really really done well and and really talented musicians in that band um so yeah, there's a little bit of an insight into some of the past bands I liked and, and, and some of the bands that are around now that I like. I mean I do have the utmost respect for for bands like um Diada's Murder and Parkway Drive, um amongst others, and Amity Affliction who have done so you know, brought brought um that style of aggressive music to the masses. I, I have the utmost respect for them. Um but I'm just not as familiar with that whole scene. Um being basically just a little bit of outside it I still like it I still think it's great um and I still have awesome respect for it I just I don't understand it as much I guess pro- probably because I am a little bit older ah.
0: that was actually a very good insight so uh Chris if you can uh would you be able to pick your favourite suggestion album like would it be Smile or would it be your new album or would it be one of the
1: ones in between uh, I have little glimpses of all of the past albums that I like. There's these little little bits in in all of it. I really appreciate what the guys were doing at the time. In terms of myself, I still listen to my vocals the same way that you listen to your podcasts. I have to pretend it's somebody else for me to even sit through the song. Uh In saying that, I do listen back to my vocal and look at ways to improve it, but... I think all of the all of the albums that we've done, all of the songs that I've written over a long period of time have led me to this album. And the lineup that is in the band now and the, the result and the songwriting that we've come up with now is where I wish I always was. It's just the fact that I'm not a naturally talented musician or I'm not actually talented at anything. I just work really hard. And being now 41 years old, it's taken me a while to learn a lot of the things that I can do now and to get myself into a physical position to be able to do them. So I think the new one without being cliched, cliche of thing you've done better than anything else, the new one is where I wish I could have always been. Um, I wish I could have always done the the vocal as aggressively as what I am now. Um, But that comes from me having to spend the last five years getting physically fit and and lessons and, and past mistakes and, Things to be able to get to the point that I am now. So yeah, the new one is definitely where I wish I'd always been, and is the blueprint for anything I do in the future.
0: So I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, okay, we we have to uh, pretty much end the first interview here. Uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of my shows, but on every single interview, end on a multiple choice question. Uh, and it's okay, uh, excellent. The three I, I can't
1: fuck that up. I can't fuck that up. Then can I? <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> <or> can I? <laughs> you might be able to. Once you listen to them, you'll know. Uh, okay. A, it asks me a question. B, B asks a really strange or weird random question by me. Or C, yep. give the quote of the week for next week's
1: show. Well, I don't like my chances of giving a quote. I don't feel intelligent enough for that. Um, I also wouldn't know what to ask you um, because I'm pretty terrible at at interviewing and and stuff. So ask me anything you like and I will answer it. uh, I'll answer you can ask me absolutely anything and I will do my absolute best regardless of how... as far as I'm concerned, if you don't know the answer to the question, it's not a stupid question anyway, but you can ask me anything you like and I'll do my best to uh, answer as honestly as I can.
0: Well, it it's really strange. I've got it written down. It's really strange. It's probably the weirdest one I've ever come up with. It's got nothing to do with music or metal. But,
1: Chris, okay.
0: have you ever licked a screen on a phone?
1: I have licked my hand and then applied the moisture to the screen to try and be able to see a particular photo because I was actually at the beach and it was covered in salt and sand and shit and I could not see a thing. And I thought, if I actually lick this screen, I'm going to get grit and shit all through my mouth. So I licked my hand and then used that. How's so, that?
0: Yeah, that's a great answer. All so Well, that's the fucking,
1: that is the absolute truth. <laughs>
0: Uh that was literally the most random question I could come up with and it's the most random one I have come up with to date.
1: Well, excellent. I hope answered it all right, but that that's the truth.
0: Uh so uh that's been week one with Chris Random suggestion. Uh thank you for being here, Chris, and we'll have you back for the second part next week. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Alrighty, thank you. Cheers.
1: Hang up
0: and try again. So, that was part one of my interview with Chris Brand of Sugression, the one and only. Uh, in case you couldn't tell, I was a little bit... It uh, took me a while to get into the groove of things with that interview, but I eventually got there and eventually got done, and it was uh, quite a good interview by the end of it. Uh, it just took a while to get there, so the least. But, uh... If you notice at the end of that, pick B in my multiple choice questions. Pick a really weird or strange random question asked by me. Uh, If you have any silly, weird, random, or strange questions that you want me to ask someone, hit me up on Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts 989. Via email, Fullmetallockdown at gmail.com. Or via Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown. I'm on any of them all day, every day. Oh, not all day. I do sleep. And I do have a life and I do have a wife and I do have a daughter. And so I, but I do get the notifications and I will get back to you. And I've gotten back to everyone that's ever inboxed me. And there have been a few. But, um... Yeah, if you're going to do that, also, like, are there any guests you want to hear on this show? Are there any guests you want to hear me talk to? Uh, hit me out because, like, I'm just going to keep getting people that I want to hear and I want to talk to and I want to uh interview. But if you want to hear someone else on this show, let me know. Hit me up on lockdown at com at Roberts underscore nine at tom underscore roberts 1989 on twitter or go to facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown and uh tell me who you want me to contact and i'll try and hit them up now i'll try and organize the interview with them uh next on next week's show we have chris rand back for part two uh, the interview has already been recorded. It's already done. It's already dusted. It's already finished. I've just got to uh, finish editing it and uh, sync up the time because I was a, I've uh, had to change the way I recorded these interviews and uh, they didn't really sync up by the end of it. But uh, hopefully, I can get that back into time like I did this week. Uh next week we're gonna talk about some more stuff going on during the week. Uh we might talk a bit more about the Black Sabbath breakup. Oh not break up retirement. Uh we might even talk about Malcolm Young's uh tragic news that uh he tragically has dementia. Uh we might talk about uh what what should be the future of ACDC. So in the meantime Hit me up on Twitter with the those topics and we'll discuss them on next week's show. But for now, bye. I love you.